Hey there, welcome to Blockhead, the Peanuts tribute podcast from a cartoonist's point of view. My name is Jeff Grogan, and I will be your host for the next few minutes to talk about Peanuts, Charles Schultz, and all things Charlie Brown, Linus, Lucy, and Snoopy too. So sit back and enjoy. Welcome back, Blockhead listeners, to the promised second part of my interview with Jan Elliott, cartoonist and creator of that terrific syndicated comic strip, Stone Soup. Uh, As I promised, it was going to drop relatively quickly. Uh, Well, not as quickly as I would have liked. I think the events of the weekend uh, and early this week overtook us all and uh, consumed most of my time. I don't know about yours, but certainly my time was spent thinking about and engaging with the issues that are engulfing our nation today and the world today. And uh, hopefully we are all confronting racism head on and engaging with it uh, with compassion and humility. What's important now is to listen and uh, to give support and uh, be there and uh, walk arm in arm for change. So let's move forward. Jan Elliott is here and uh, we're going to continue that wonderful conversation, just as I said. So let's just get right to it, okay? Jan Elliott and myself in conversation. So I thought, okay, Val, it's Monday morning, she's late for work, somebody forgot their lunch, she's trying to get to the school and onto her job, and she's speeding and she gets pulled over by a motorcycle cop. <laughs> and and that was how we I introduced Officer Jackson. And he actually um, lets her off, which the motorcycle cop that pulled me over three times was also very kind to me. That's <laughs> uh, great. And, and basically, Phil says in the beginning, you know, you, you just seem like you got so much on your plate. I'm just going to give you a warning. And, you know, so and she asked him, you know, what if he was some kind of Zen cop, you know. Yeah, and, I love that line. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, you know, I just intended to him that to be a one off. That was it. And then he just insinuated himself in. And pretty soon before I knew it, he was knocking on her door. He had been smitten with her. He, a, a cop would never do this, but he had, you know, basically figured out where she lived or followed her home or something. I can't remember, but, um, but you know, he just pushed himself into the strip. I never intended to create that character, and he it just bloomed and worked out so well. And and for a long time, he was just kind of a side character. But over time, as he became more developed, and I could decide what kind of relationship I was willing to let them have. But I was, he was also willing to let me keep him at bay. You know, he was just kind of out there, um, you know, dating, not dating, being freaked out about the kids. You know, right. I mean, he had his own right. issues. So, yep. so yeah. Well, so, I, you anyway. know, I, 
I, I it's funny because today I was just doing in preparation for our discussion. I was just doing a little review, you know, going through, and I was doing the on the on the Go Comics page. I was hitting the random button. Oh, and you know, and I can't, and it just ended up in. Um, it, when was it during the marriage when they got married in uh, uh-huh. 2015 i think that was and uh anyway there was a little reminiscing about do you remember how we met and, and so i just reread some oh. of that work <laughs> and you know phil just sort of he he's one of those characters mm-hmm. It, and it, it's the kind of thing where you can't it's like you don't plan this it's like it just happens phil right. it, when he shows up almost from the moment he's there there's this wonderful chemistry between him and val and he he's just i don't know just like a, a wonderful character you want to see more of almost instantaneously and you love the give and take between the two of them. Mm -hmm. It it just clicked. And it's like watching, you know, Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn, you know, (laughs) what a nice thing to say. Well, you just want to see more of them. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, it just, and I don't think that when you're, you you, I, you can't plan, oh, I'm going to create a wonderful character now who's going to be charismatic. You can't. You, you, can't. Can't. <laughs> it just no, you cannot. You know? And you that don't is know. Where, that's where these people have lives of their own. You know, they, they really do have lives of their own. They certainly do. And, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and it's kind of magic when that happens. And I think yeah. that comes out of, you know, the experience, a long time of experience of, of creating and writing and, and being invested and mm-hmm. knowing your characters full well, but also drawing on your own experience. But it, it's all of the stuff that reaches a kind of critical mass and boom, suddenly you've got this great character and this great dynamic. And I think that's kind of what happened. And of course, that's been in the strip you know, right from the beginning, I mean, you know, the nuclear family, Val and Joan and, and Holly and Alex, I mean, all of them together, it was a great combination, but bringing in Wally and bringing in Phil, it just, it just rounded it out in a way that's. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, yeah. Well, and I, it took me a long time. Uh, you know, it was an all female strip for in the beginning when I was doing it weekly. And yeah. I really want, I, I was not against having a man in it by any, any, any strength, but um, I really wanted to bring in a man who did not end up being a target. I didn't want him to be the butt of jokes. I didn't want him to be the stupid guy who doesn't get it, you know? Yeah. And I personally have a really lovely father who um, ironed his own shirts and made us breakfast in the morning so my mom could sleep in. I mean, they had a, a more, much more modern relationship than most parents in the fifties. Mm-hmm. And he was a very gentle man. And, and I really modeled Wally after him once I, uh, but, but it took me a while to decide because the other thing was I was divorced and, um, I'm still friends with my former husband. He's not a bad person. We, we just got married too young and we ended up getting divorced. And, um, I didn't want to create a character like an ex-husband that my kids would in any way interpret as me taking pot shots at their father, you know, Right. So I had to, it took me a while to kind of decide on Wally. And then I realized I could just recreate my dad. My dad was also in insurance and, uh, and make him a neighbor. And, um, and I was really, really happy with, uh, with how he, he turned out, you know, just this sweet schlumpy guy, <laughs> you know, that, that Joan has to kind of wrap her head around, you know, cause she's 
she does have an ex-husband who's, uh, you know, kind of a, (laughs) kind of a creep, you know, and uh, (laughs) because she's one of those women that's sort of gone for looks and not for quality, you know, and it takes (laughs) her a while to, to grasp that Wally is, you know, such great husband material or mate partner material, you know, that uh, uh, she should think twice. So um, I, I really, he was really a, a treasure once I figured out, um, what kind of man he was going to be, uh, and how I could introduce him. And so I, I, it's been important to me not to ever, um, I, I just don't really like gender jokes. Yeah. I, I prefer, I've just created a, what I consider to be a very feminist egalitarian world. And, and I like the values my characters have and they treat each other kindly and equally. And I don't need to make or want to make, you know, back me up on this guys or, back me up on this gal's kind of kind of jokes because mm-hmm. I prefer that stone soup land is simply a place where people have already moved on, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that the, those, those arguments have been resolved in some sense and there's yeah. equality. Or, yeah. Or they should be. I mean, yeah. I just don't, I just don't think I I'm just, it's just not, I I'm not interested in gender based humor um, very much. I, I kind of think we all are, all humans are, are feminine and masculine on a grayscale, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, um, and then, you know, if everybody has respect for everybody else, there's gender isn't really the issue anymore. Yeah. It really does come down to that is having respect for, for everyone and having respect for your partners. And then mm-hmm. really it doesn't matter, you know, um, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, in play, that's the way it's supposed to work out. And, Ideally, and I, you know, it's the same thing. I, I, you know, this is off topic a little bit, but well, I'll be frank. I, I was a big Elizabeth Warren supporter, um, uh-huh, and uh-huh. still am. And, yeah. and, you know, I know that the issue of this issue of a woman being president from my perspective, you know, Elizabeth Warren is just one of the, the smartest, coolest, warmest and and you know most approachable candidates that was out there and you know just this idea that okay here you have somebody who is and i don't want to alienate any of my listeners but you know to me she was somebody who's prepared enough and had all the all these ideas and really went to the nth degree you know to, to and yet somehow this idea that because she's a woman she's not electable took hold and well you know I just think we should be past all of that by now. You know, it doesn't. Yes. You know, this is a person who's the, who's clearly in so many ways, the most qualified. And yet because of the gender issue, uh, you know, there's this idea that she can't beat this, this, uh, this guy, you know, this buffoon. (laughs) This buffoon. That is the word. I mean, honestly, he is a buffoon. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. so, you know, I just, I, I think it's, I find it very frustrating, you know, and I also it find is. it frustrating. One of the things that I think is great about your work is, yeah, okay, it's feminist in the sense that it comes from the perspective that it's, you know, it comes from your life, it comes from your experiences, but it's not a polemic. It's, it's a world. And right. in this world, right. it, everything, it, it feels, you know, it's, it's distinct from being a polemic, you know, just because it's a strip by a woman from a woman's point of view doesn't necessarily mean that it's anti-male, you know? Right. No, not at all. It's never, that's never been the intention. I mean, it's just not, it's, it's simply, uh, about women, about these women and then the men in their lives, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's Mm -hmm. about, 
and and that's the way it reads and and it reads as a way of look you know it's funny and and it's enjoyable to read but it also reads as a way of i think one of the things that i like about it that i hadn't really voice to myself was exactly that, what you're speaking about, which is the humor is not vindictive or it's not gender-based. It's not one point of view is is more appropriate or, or more broad in view, in scope than the other. It's, right. it's, you know, it's that we live together and we live together with respect and care for one another. Mm-hmm. And, exactly. And, and I think exactly. that's, it, this other idea, we don't ha- we don't don't have to go there. But you know, one of these days, boy, I, I really just get past this idea of we can't have a woman president or we can't have a woman do this. And you know. I know, and get past you know discussing her hairdo and wardrobe and oh dear lord, you know whether yeah whether she wears pantsuits or whether her voice is shrill or you know I don't you, know. It just oh. This is the thing that drives me crazy, too, because we don't look at Joe Biden and talk about his bald spot. No. Right. You know, really really and truly, you know, know. cap teeth or whatever, you know, I mean, it's 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 and yet Elizabeth Warren wears sneakers. Well, yeah. I mean, my wife wears sneakers. You know, (laughs) really? What's the big deal? Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah, let's I be know. Re- let's be real. So, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, it it drives me crazy because I think in my own life I've been very fortunate, and and the women in my life who've determined m- the direction of my life and and have been such a big part of it have all been you know real people and really wonderful people. And well, I feel the same way. I'm I've had wonderful men in my life, and and I live in a in a you know, I live in Eugene, Oregon, very liberal and, mm-hmm. and, uh, alternative kind of place. And, uh, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. I, I, yeah, I mean, my husband a lot of times is the only man in the room, you know, mm-hmm. he, he loves all my women friends, you know, and he, uh, enjoys talking to them and he doesn't like, uh, competing the way some men like to compete with each other. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he used to be in the business world and it, wore him down, you know, that sort of alpha male thing that's still out there. And yeah, like, yeah, I've been very fortunate in that, you know, because I'm, I'm in the arts and whatnot, I guess I've, I've, I've encountered it on a minimal basis, but not not much. Yeah. yeah. I think you kind of find the the world, ideally you find the world where you're, you're suited, but I never really like that whole competitive Thing with guys the friends that i've had you know have been like that too we, we were never really we just trying to avoid that kind of stuff and uh, yes, avoid guys yes. who would like that but when i was a kid i remember being at my grandmother's house and my grandmother would in the middle of the day for some reason there were always a lot of not a lot of but there were a number of people who would stop by to say hello usually women and i used to love sitting there with my grandmother while she was like shelling peas or something. Oh, um, nice and memory. other, yeah, it is a great memory. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and her, her friends and my aunt or somebody would come by and, and there'd be women in the room talking, you know, no men at the time cause they were all off working in those days. Sure. And I just loved being with them, you know, cause the, the conversation was different and more personal in a way. Mm-hmm, than, mm-hmm. You know, guys right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, nice. Yeah, it was a nice environment and uh, good memory. But anyway, yeah, yeah, nice. so 
one of the things that that I think Stone Soup started off as a kind of I guess it started off in a way as is a from a feminist point of view, but it was really kind of unique in the sense that it was about a single mom, and that wasn't really on the comics pages in those days. It it wasn't, and it was the main. Um objection that I got from syndicates before my syndicate finally picked me up um, and a long conversation with uh, people at King Features early on. Um, I was lucky enough to meet with them in New York and um, I guess his name was Bill Yates. Is that right? Hmm. Uh, anyway, the comics editor who um, had picked up uh, another generation, but he is the one of the people that picked up Beetle Bailey um, Oh. And uh, and he was very kind to me, um, and I had lunch with him and a salesman. But it was, you know, it was basically guys in top coats and cigars, and mm-hmm. had that syndicate feel to it. And mm-hmm. um, and they said several times, you know, I just doesn't. She's got to have a boyfriend or something. I mean, <laughs> it's just kind of sad, you know, this this single mom thing. It's just so sad. And it's like, no, she's doesn't need a boyfriend that's not that's not what we're doing here um and it i think it was a barrier for a period of time i mean i i did spend 16 years god your students are gonna freak at that but i spent 16 years trying to get syndicated it's a long road sometimes it's a long road and it was kind of um when i finally did get syndicated was it was also at the same time that there were a lot of television shows about single moms like grace under fire and mm-hmm. one day at a time. And there was just more, you know, more going on um, that way. And I kind of use that as ammunition to say, you know, this, there's nothing sad about this. This is the reality for half of sure, you know, yeah. half of America. I mean, you know, what's the divorce rate? Divorce rate 50% still or something. Um, but I think it was a matter of it, it you know, the, it, uh, my time had to come. And newspapers are, you know, kind of lag in there. Mm-hmm. Um, in being, at, they're not on the the front of the social curve or whatever you want mm. to say. You know, they're yeah. not leading edge. Um, but it it was, uh, and I, and I believe it was the first. Uh, I think it was the first strip that featured a single mom, as I recall. I don't think there was any. There were any others. I can't quite think of one. Yeah, I can't think of any either. Mm-hmm. Uh, off the top of my head, now there yeah. might be something out there, but yeah, uh, I don't think so. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was kind of a big deal, and um, it just you know I just had to get to the point where uh, the the syndicates were ready. And my syndicate um, it's called Andrews McNeil Universal or Andrews McNeil mm-hmm. Syndication now. They keep changing, but it was Universal Press at the time, and right. um, you know it's the most modern syndicate at that point. They had launched, they had started with Doonesbury and. Uh, mm-hmm. Calvin Hobbes for better for worse far side and so I was lucky enough to fall in with much more modern thinkers but even as modern as they may have been they still have to sell the newspaper editors so you're also yeah. waiting for when there are more women in editorial and um, you know just more open minds so um, but and then my I was lucky enough um, I'd been harassing them pretty regularly for about five, five years uh, with work, but Lee Salem was kind enough to send me back. Um, I sent him new work every six months because I had this weekly strip in my local paper. So every six months I had 24 strips I could send in. And um, he was writing me nice, you know, critical letters, letters with advice and 
observations. And so I was encouraged to keep at it. And then I got kind of insistent. And as it happened, when I started getting insistent about this is, you know, my time is here kind of things, you know, Uh come on. Um, I'm the grace under fire of the comics pages. Uh, I did not know that behind the scenes, Bill Watterson was getting ready to quit. So I was taken on by Universal and launched in the same quarter that Bill Watterson left the funny pages. So I will always be grateful to Bill for uh, (laughs) leaving (laughs) because I, you know, he left so much open real estate for the Mm. rest of us. And, um, I was able to get into uh, get a very solid launch, and I think by in, within six months to a year, I was in a hundred newspapers, which is um, you can make a living. You know, you can. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I could quit my day job, which is yeah. uh, was the goal. So, um, yeah. So anyway, it was uh, it was a bit of a of a wall to climb to to get that idea. You know, and I have a few fans who were disgruntled with me over time that my characters all found mates you know that Uh that they've actually all gotten married at this point in time but because they felt like that was a little bit of a betrayal especially the grandma character it's funny there are so many um mature single women out there who really love grandma Um, yeah and they just you know and she represented a, a possibility of travel and freedom and independence and free thinking you know that they wanted to embrace as well i think and they were a little irritated when uh, she found Arnold. And some, of course, were delighted, but you know, some were like, "Well, what about us?" You know. <laughs> but again, with the, it's like I didn't intend for Wally and Joan to ever get married either. But you just can't hold back the momentum, right? At, at some point, and and it was too. You remember moonlighting and how they were always on again, off again, oh, that yeah. romance. You know, it was just after a while, you don't want to watch it anymore. You know, True. it's just like, oh, come on. And that's how I felt. It just felt like, well, at some point, Wally and and one of my editors had said, please don't ever let anything bad happen to Wally. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, he's too nice. Uh So it's like, at some point, you know, they just have to move forward, which is what I mean by, I I don't know how it happens. They're not aging, but they're also developing, you know. Um, It's the magic of the comics world. Um, (laughs) But... (laughs) Well, you know, uh, that whole question of getting married in comics uh, is a big deal, you know. Yeah, uh, it is. It's, it, is. it killed little Abner, uh, you know. I think the, the what was it, when when uh, Daisy May and little Abner finally okay. got married, uh, right. the syndic, you know, the number of newspapers dwindled, the readership dwindled, eventually it just died. Isn't that uh, interesting? Yeah, it is a phenomenon. Yeah. And, uh, uh, what other characters have gotten married? Well, I think it, I think uh, Kathy, you know, she resisted mm-hmm. um, her character getting married until the very end, and she may have held out until she knew she was going to wrap it up anyway. Yeah, yeah, right. That's and and it did, right? It it wasn't long after. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. correct. So, yeah. Um, and and I go back even farther to Blondie and Dagwood. Um, that changed oh. that strip dramatically. <laughs> you know, it became it did, so- yeah entirely different yeah. Um, yeah you know and it, it, it is a, the comics pages also are and i was thinking about this as you we were talking about when the strip was introduced the comics pages have been notoriously 
conservative in first of all, you know, their politics, but also in terms of uh, what you can reveal and say. And the idea of a single parent, just like the idea of, uh, I was having this conversation with somebody else, uh, I think on this show, I can't remember now where, but, you know, talking about like, for example, in the 60s on television, you couldn't show Rob and Laura Petrie in the same bed. Oh, right. They had to have twin beds. Yeah. Twin beds. Right. Right. And Mm -hmm. and, uh, comics pages were like that for for a while after that and oh uh, yeah terry liebenson was was telling me that she was getting letters not so much about sex but having to do with peanut allergies at one time or another but you know (laughs) you you know the 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 fan base will respond in kind of strange ways and comics editors i guess can particularly for newspapers can be kind of hesitant when it comes Mm -hmm. to introducing something new even when it is something is well known as part of life as a single mom. Yeah. Well, I had uh, I had some readers write me. Uh, there were a few times when, you know, Val and Phil were dating and when they were more serious, different times they were more serious, they a couple times went away by themselves for the weekend, you know, just sure. to get away. And I had fans write me to tell me that they, that that was offensive to them. You know, they wow. weren't married. Mm-hmm. They're trying to, raise their children in wholesome moral households. And here I am representing this unmarried couple going to a cabin. It's like, wow. It, and the, and we're talking, this is like, you know, 1999, 2000, 2010. Yeah. I don't know, and, you know, and Bill Clinton's <laughs> all over the place with, yeah. You know, uh, I mean, everything yeah. that was happening then and that's in the news every day. How are you going to keep yeah. your kids away from that? And, right. Right. You know. you know, so I was like, I mean, I didn't feel so, my, you know, nobody suggested, my syndicate suggested I shouldn't do it because they weren't, you know, but just to get the mail, it's just kind of like, wow, that's okay. Well, I'm sorry. You know, yeah. um, it's I, a mind blower. You know? <laughs> it's like, I'm not, I didn't, I'm not showing anything that your children, you know, inappropriate that your children can't, you know, how do you and know you- there aren't bunk beds inside that cabin? <laughs> <laughs> Hope not. <laughs> really? <laughs> but, you know, um, we go back to Doonesbury and or or Lynn's work in, in For Better or For Worse. They were ta- taking on subject matter that was difficult for the funny pages. And, sure. You know, I mean, Doonesbury ultimately had to be moved over to editorial pages in a lot of uh, newspapers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, he was pretty frank when it came to his characters and how they live together and, and et cetera. You would think that, but, you know, but no, it doesn't, it does, it doesn't, <laughs> you know, uh, he do remember, he actually depicted a morning after he depicted, uh, uh, uh I think it's Joni caucus the morning after I she Joni. slept with. Oh, r- with, uh, what was Rick, his, uh, Rick, Rick Redfern, Rick, yeah. Rick Redfern. Right. Yep, and yep. and it was I remember this strip so well because you 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 were building up to it it was a daily so you you knew they were yes. out together and whatever yes. I can't remember what happened the day before but or the night before but what I remember is it's like a sunrise and he kind of takes the camera across town in the frame through an open window with a curtain and then there they are yeah. in bed together and she's he's asleep and she's awake with her eyes wide open like you know Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You know. <laughs> what what happened here? Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's and, like, wow, that's, you know, for the funny pages, that's pretty darn uh, you know. Yeah, pretty darn was, straightforward. Yep, and it was in the 70s, right? It was uh, Um, 
Well, he started in the 70s. That might have been in the 80s. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna that have to particular look. strip. Yeah. I, I just got, you know, I told you my wife went overboard for my birthday. She just, got, <laughs> she also got me the 40 year Doonesbury. Um, oh, I have that. It's wonderful. It's certainly, and it's, it's like a brick. <laughs> it is. It is. Oh yeah. yeah but yeah. it's beautiful. I can't wait yes. to, to, so I'm going to have to search that one out, you know, but yeah. it's like learning that, um, I was just thinking, learning that Mary Richards wasn't uh, a virgin, you know, on, on television. It's like a, this idea, really? You think that after all those years that Mary Tyler Moore is a, is a virgin? I don't, you know, my gosh. You know, yeah. She has a life. <laughs> and so does, so does oh, Rhoda. My, I don't, yeah. Oh, my God. You know? Well, I'll tell you, the comics pages are still, uh, you know, there's words we still can't say. And one of them, it's so funny in this day and age, is um, the word suck. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say suck. You can't and, suck your and, thumb. You can't, no. Well, see, that's the thing. So so what they don't want you to do, because because that's how people speak, right? You know, yes. a 14-year-old comes home from school and says, God, my day really sucked. That really yeah. sucked. This sucks. I hate this. And um, editors, some, you know, they believe that somehow is, I don't know, sexual. I don't know what they're, you know, I, I, don't, <laughs> even, I don't know. But so, so Jerry Scott and Jim Borgman in Zitz one time, because they were so, because, you know, you write about teenagers and you can't have a teenager say so, this sucks, you know. Yeah. Um, they, they did a strip where they used the word suck in every legitimate way. <laughs> You could like like the mom is vacuuming and and it's not it this doesn't suck very well and you know <laughs> I really like to suck on a lollipop I don't remember what they all were but it was hysterical because it was like we were just making a point you know yeah, just sure. absolutely making a point come on you know fantastic. Oh my <laughs> well, so yeah and then boobs my my second book is called you can't say boobs on Sunday because I was told <laughs> in the beginning that you can use the word boobs in a daily comic strip, but not in a Sunday strip. <laughs> because, okay, why? <laughs> <laughs> well, because the Sunday funnies are supposed to be super wholesome because you're thinking, this is, I'm quoting what I was told, you know, you're thinking yeah. about grandma and grandpa with the kids on their lap, reading the Sunday funnies, and you don't want to have a word like boobs in there. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I was using it in the most innocent way it was just it was not a leering or anything it was holly uh-huh. holly observing teenage girls much older than her and mm-hmm. um her little sister saying well, what do they got that we don't have and what she thinks <laughs> and her, she doesn't say it out loud but what she thinks is boobs you know yeah. and uh so i i but you can't say boobs on sunday so i made that a book title because i thought it was just a, too perfect it is too perfect it's, it, that's a great punchline it's got to be <laughs> Oh my gosh! You know, do you ever find that you you just want to break out of those kinds of restrictions? Oh uh, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's tempting. I, well, I you know, well, first of all, to go back to our good friend Wiley Miller, mm-hmm. he he got himself in deep trouble because of his political frustrations, and um, I, so you know what I'm talking about, where he put something very inappropriate in his strip. Oh no! I, you know, I think this one got past me. Let me. Oh my gosh! Well, okay. he. La- this is last year, and okay. um, he was 
uh, he, he lost pretty much half his newspaper list. Oh my gosh! Over this, I mean, it was a tragedy. You know, I, I okay. He, yes. So what? He, so what he did is he um, he was working in his studio. He's listening to the radio. He, he's furious with the current regime. You know, yeah. he's furious about politics. He's ranting in his head while he's working, and. He was writing a strip that showed uh, Da Vinci's coda, you know, his notebooks. Yeah. And he was representing the writing by just basically little squiggles. You know, you weren't going to be able to read it. And in one corner, and I can imagine how he would do this, he writes, frankly, Mr. Trump, we don't give a fuck. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) He couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. And I think that's the wording. Anyway, that is the word, uh, you know. So if you think you can't say boobs on Sunday, you yeah. certainly can't say fuck on Sunday. Fuck so on Sunday, yeah. anyway, but it was minuscule and sketchy. Sure. Nonetheless. And then he, what he says, and I believe him, is that he never intended to leave it in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he was still doing working on the drawing, and he intended to, when he scanned it and colored it, he would just take it out, you know. Sure. Um, he was going to leave it in the original because he didn't care about that, but he was going to take it out in the print version. And then he neglected to. Well, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, unfortunately a reader was, you know, saw it and, and brought it to their editor's attention. And, you know, it, it got legs, you know, once one editor knew it, it just got legs and it spread like wildfire. And he was just, you know, a week and a half of, of phones ringing off the hook at, at our syndicate. He's also with my syndicate of furious editors because out of respect for the syndicate, you have to realize they are, they're selling us, you know, and there's a trust there sure. from the newspaper that the material they're selling is what they believe they're getting. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, so if you if you buy Doonesbury, you know you're getting politics. If you buy Stone Soup, you're not, right. for the most part, getting politics. You're getting you might get school politics or healthcare politics, things that relate to the family, mm-hmm. but you know what you know what you're getting. And in this case, you know you're buying non sequitur, and you know you know what it is, and nobody expected this to be in it. The syndicates are supposed to protect newspapers from doing something that would so offend their readers. Um, and of course, I don't think most people would ever have noticed it was there, but once it was revealed, you know, yeah. it just went like crazy. And so that's a long way of answering your question. He's slowly gained, crawled back, issued a lot of apologies and gained back some of his bigger papers. Uh, I felt so bad for him because it was just such a fiasco and, oh, um, you know, but, uh, such a great comic too. And such, I know, such know. a talented person. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's by way of saying, uh, I, you know, as much as I'd like to bust out, um, I have this product that I've been offering for 25 years to newspapers. And mm-hmm. while I'm not willing to take some risks, especially risks that are, uh, you know, that are in character with what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've taken on, you know, the problems with schools and furlough days and all those kinds of things. And, right. But um, and I actually had Polly get her period in the comics and I managed to come up with enough euphemisms that, uh, you know, no one ever no one said a word about. I mean, it was clear what was happening, but no one you know, objected. 
um, which is great. Uh, <laughs> and you can't did. be, ex- you can't just come right out and say she's got her period. No, we oh. called it. Um, she had a situation. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and she, this is my next door neighbor's uh, niece said this to me. She said, oh, you just say she's having a situation and dad needs to go out and get some situational supplies. <laughs> <laughs> well, that can be a good joke. but <laughs> I, I loved it. Well, I mean, you I, you know, maybe you could. It's just you won't believe how sensitive people are. And what you don't want to have to do is provide a substitute strip for a good storyline idea yeah. you had, you know. Um, but, you know, I just as much as I would like to just get pissed every now and then, um, especially in the current political climate. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm so tired of uh, racism and anti-Semitism and, you know, the. In the, just the general atmosphere of hate that is being encouraged, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's it's hard not to want to um, get angry a little more often in, you know, in the strip. And I would say if I were still doing a daily, I would probably take it on um, because I could write a storyline. Um, I mean, I, I've experienced a lot of uh, racial hatred uh through the Officer Jackson character. Phil, yeah. I, oh, yeah, Phil. People have written some terror. I mean, not not like there's a lot of them. But, you know, if you get one or two ugly letters, um, they really stick with you. And, sure. And it's hard to imagine that there's people out there that are willing to say and do those things, you know. Yes. Um, and if I were doing a daily still, I might tackle um, the political environment a little bit more. But at this point, doing a Sunday strip only it's I just don't see other than encouraging things you know I almost always do a get out the vote thing every time there's an election you know sure. that kind of thing but uh, I just don't yeah. quite see how how it work how it would work right and 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 I can see that when you're just doing a Sunday strip and these are characters people have waited to see what's going on this week and whatnot and and so you know if you're just going to get stone soup once a week you don't want to be uh, hit over the head with something that's right. out of character for the strip right. you want to you want right. to be with your characters and and and, uh, and people are willing to they are willing to be emotional with you but they don't want it to be a downer either i mean they're yeah. sort of at this point and I, I'm sympathetic, you know, they, they want relief in, yeah. in humor <laughs> as yeah. opposed to more angst or more, you know, I mean, if it's, if it's empathetic, you know, like I did a series where Val got laid off because yes. everybody was being laid off. And, and again, I was doing dailies at the time and, and that's helpful to people because they're in, they're experiencing the depression or they're, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, for just once a week, it's, it's pretty hard to, to do much. To do much, yeah. So, when you did switch from daily to once a week, did you find that you were missing the dailies? And I mean, I understand, you know, obviously when you switch to once a week, it's going to open up your your personal life, and that's going to be very rewarding. But on the creative side, when you're dealing with the strip, did you find that? I mean, we're just talking about that. In some sense, it kind of narrows a little bit what yeah. you're able to yeah. do. Did yeah, you also find? How did newspapers respond um, to to that change and the audience respond to that? Um, well, my audience, uh, my, my audience has been very sad. Um, and and I newspapers, I don't I couldn't, you know, 
I don't know if newspapers, I guess newspapers cared, <laughs> but, <laughs> well, but you know, it's just like, it's sort of business for them. I mean, yeah. you know, but, but my readership was very disappointed. People really love the stories and I do very much miss being able to write stories mm-hmm. and, and I really can't, you know, you, I mean, you could, I've had storylines that went on. I think the longest was three weeks, but usually usually a week or two, you can, you can carry a, carry something along. And, um, it's first of all, a, a great gift for writing. I mean, if you have a good storyline that the strips kind of write themselves and sure. it's great for character development and it's a, you can tell stories that are very much, uh, that people empathize with or that show that you are empathizing with them in their lives. You know, that, that it's, I think it's, always helpful to see somebody else having, you know, struggling with parenting, um, losing their cool, um, struggling with their finances. You know, um, we all go through these things and, and it's not, um, anything to be embarrassed about. I mean, it's what, you know, what we have to do. And I, I miss being able to, to write those stories. I do, but I don't miss the deadlines. And, Mm um, I was, I was just kind of, you just you do get worn out after a while, and um, and I am close to seventy. I'm not as young as I used to be. I'm not certainly. I don't feel old in any way, but I have family in Europe. Um, I have dear friends in South Africa and Scotland. Um, I have grandchildren here. You know, I want to be able to while I'm still able to get on those long haul flights. Uh, oh, yeah. I I really you know, and I have the time and the ability to do it. I I really. Um, just wanted to free up my life a little bit so that I yeah. could, so that I could, you know, really enjoy. And and the grandchildren are getting to be teenagers, you know, I mean, everybody grows up and then it's over. So yeah, want to want to be able to be there, you know, and be the one that can go pick them up from school when they're sick or have them sleep on the couch because, you know, they got sent home and mom and dad are both working, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it means a lot and it's rare, you know, that, that, uh, grandkids in particular have proximity to their grandparents. And, yeah, yeah. You know, it is a, it is a gift. If it you, is a gift. It know. is. Yeah. I had to work through my children's entire childhood. I worked from the time it was either in school or working from the time they were two and five on. Wow. And I, you know, I just didn't want to work through entirely through my grandchildren's right you uh, did that already yeah i already did that yeah <laughs> did that. um i'm having two thoughts simultaneously in two different directions here but i'm i'm on the one hand i'm thinking about well if you know you do still have stories to tell you know i know you know terry liebenson is doing this wonderful series of, of books have oh you ever gosh, thought of yeah. you know yeah doing you know something along those lines with stone soup i mean and and Michael Jancy did a, a wonderful Norm uh, book, um, uh-huh. which you know not really strips um, from the newspaper strip, but actually it was compiled as a book. And mm-hmm. and um, you know there there are ways of doing that if that's your inclination to do something like that. That's right, one right. vehicle. It's definitely something I've thought about. Um, I really do love to write, uh, <laughs> and I was both an English and an art major, so I have both those things that are, you know, that are important to me. Um, and, and I may, you know, I, 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 who knows? I, one of the things I started doing when I 
left my daily deadlines behind as I started taking um, some playwriting workshops because I mm-hmm. love writing dialogue so much. And that just seemed like um, such a fun fit. And, you know, I haven't written any masterpieces, but it's uh, it's a pretty cool thing to do to write short, short plays and have and then have them be read, you know. And oh, hear yeah. people reading reading your your characters' words. Oh, that must be pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I so admire what Terry has done, and you know she's she's gone. I mean, she did not take her strip and turn it into books. She started over basically right. with new characters, and now right. she's let the let the strip go, hasn't she? Yes, she has. Yeah. 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 It ended. Yeah. Uh, I I spoke with her just really just before that happened here on the show. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and I was disappointed because I loved the pajama diaries, but on yeah. the other hand, I also, I read a couple of her books too. And, and while no, they're not, great, they're, they're great. great. Yeah. They're yeah. terrific. So they are, they are, yeah. they're really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. So she's making the, you know, mm-hmm. a, I think it's a good, not only a good career move, but I, creatively, I think mm-hmm. it's a good move too. And, uh, yeah. and who yeah, knows yeah. where, you know, newspapers are and, and the comics page is going. Uh, well, that's the truth. And I'll tell you right now, it's so frightening, you know, all the things in the economy that are struggling and oh my just God. another another way for newspapers to try to figure out how to survive, you know. Yeah, because people don't want to handle them. Uh, yeah, under, <laughs> oh, these, my uh, gosh, really? Yeah, I've oh heard that gosh. actually from people. Wow. That, uh, people don't want to touch the, the newspaper. And, uh, I actually didn't realize that. There. Yeah, about yeah. how is COVID transmitted? Is it on plastic? Is it on you know cardboard? Is it on paper? How long does it live? Right. And, and there's so many variables and so many unanswered questions. And I think uh, it's some people have I've heard this from people that they've been afraid to touch the newspaper. And so who knows, you know? But yeah, uh, yeah. I I mean comics obviously. Sites like Go Comics and and Comics Kingdom and whatnot, it's a whole different ball game, in a lot of ways for engaging with right, our right. favorite comic strips now. Right, right. right. In, I mean, in, I love reading my comics online. They're so pretty. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're so pretty. That's I mean, true. I, I get I get a Go Comics page sent to me every day, you know, so I can see what all my favorites are doing. And also because not everything. I like to read is in my newspaper right. here, you know, so it's, it's fun. And, and also you can see all the, what's new up and coming things you never heard of stuff. That's only online. You know, it's, it's yeah. great. Hey listeners, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. I hope you're enjoying today's interview. If you are, and you want to show support, head on over to my Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash Jeff Grogan. At Patreon, you can contribute as little as a dollar on a regular basis to ensure the longevity of this podcast. Your support will help keep it not only commercial free, but free to the listening public. And in exchange, you'll get some pretty neat stuff. There are at least three different tiers. Each level offers its own distinct rewards. So check it out today at patreon.com slash Jeff Grogan, G-E-O-F-F-G-R-O-G-A-N. Any amount is welcome, and your support is greatly appreciated. Thanks again, and that's patreon.com slash Jeff Grogan. You know, it's it's different, and it's a different world, and it's also a whole different business model so it is uh, for for the artist and him or herself um you know how is it is it viable you know if newspapers went away for me my incomes all come from from Mm -hmm. newsprint pretty much i mean the the other stuff is is the gravy you know the go go comics pages and things but 
I couldn't make a living off of what that is at this point. Right. And I don't, I don't think most people could um, off of Go Comics. I know, you know, if you've got you, most people who, I mean, of the people I've spoken to who are successful web cartoonists, uh, Go Comics is just a vehicle really for getting the work out there. It's not like yes. economic. Yes. Right. It doesn't monetize. You can't really monetize anything. Yeah, not really. I know there are some there are some uh, amazingly successful online cartoonists who've oh, yeah. you know, really figured out how to make it work. And then there are some like uh, uh, what's her name? Um, oh, golly. Phoebe and her unicorn. Oh, um, Dana Simpson. Dana Simpson. Yeah. Um, you know, she was a. Uh, web com- web cartoonist and then she won a go comics contest and came into newsprint from there yeah and, uh, and then yeah yeah she's done quite well yeah yeah actually yeah. she uh benefited from my retirement from dailies <laughs> oh, okay she filled that void <laughs> yeah she she was also with my syndicate and uh and i know that she was able to gain papers off of stone soup retirement um and then now has a lot of books and things. So it's, yeah, it's interesting to see. But it, but I do think Go Comics is really just a, a place to get visibility. Yeah, that's, I think so too. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's, it's great. Uh, there's, but there's so many comics there now. It's, uh, I think, you know, rising to the top or being found is, is kind yeah. of tricky. That's uh, a good point. There's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff there competing with one another but it is true um you know the go comics site is uh, i think got a great more diversity i think than something like comics kingdom where they oh. don't really have quite as many newcomers uh uh-huh. so it's uh-huh. a different a different world in a way yeah. Uh, yeah but but you know we haven't talked about um and, and i know we're coming up on two hours now so <laughs> It's amazing how long, how quickly this has gone by. Well, it's we great have, talking you know, to you. It, it's great talking to you too. I'm really, I'm really enjoying this. And there's like this, uh, almost right from the beginning, it's been like your comic strip, effortless in a way. It's just oh good. Way it, it's just you know, one conversation leads into another. But um, you know, your story is a pretty amazing story. I mean, 15 years, you were, you were 16 years, you were working yes. to get yeah, syndicated. Yeah. In the meantime, you had a whole host of other jobs, trying to raise a family on your own. I mean, it, it's it's talk about perseverance. <laughs> yeah, I. I, um, you know, it was a long haul and I, I guess I could say I had just enough encouragement along the way to keep going because there were definitely periods of time when, well, there was five years in there where I, I didn't do anything but sell reprints of cartoons I'd already done, um, in the middle. I got, I, I I don't know if you read this, but I was offered a contract in 1982 from United what were they called then? United Media? Okay. Whatever they were called at the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, doesn't actually, they don't actually exist anymore, but uh, it was just so uh, archaic. It was, it was one of those old fashioned contracts where they take your copyright forever. Oh yeah. And they can basically fire you and hire someone else to do your strip. If they oh want to. yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And um, I, I turned it down. Well, I, I amended it. I just said, well, I'm just going to change that. Well, pfft naivete you know they just shut the door so um i had been working for about five years at that point and with with the weekly publications and 
I self-syndicated into about 10 or 12 weekly and monthly publications. It wasn't much money, but you know, it was, it was floating around, um, Mm -hmm. parenting magazines and different things. And I was very brokenhearted by the near miss. So I, I quit for a few years and just, but I continued to get requests for reprints of things I'd done for different other parenting textbooks and, and various family oriented things. Um, and then um, in 1988, I remarried. Uh, I'd been single for 10 years, and I remarried. And having the uh, the extra emotional as well as financial support of a partner um, sure. so that it wasn't all on my shoulders. I, I couldn't quit my job. I, I still had to work. But I felt like I had the strength to give it another go. Yeah. And it was the only thing I had ever done in my life, even though I've had a lot of great jobs. I, I loved working in graphic design and advertising. I worked with great people. Um, it was creative. Um, got to illustrate computer manuals, just all kinds of random things, you know, I had greeting cards. All of it was good. But the only thing I'd ever done in my life where I lost track of time was when I drew comics. Mm-hmm. And I would I would just disappear into the world that I was working in and and come sort of wake up at one in the morning and realize I was freezing cold because the heat had gone off in my house. And, oh, you know, <laughs> you were that lost. I was that deep so, into. It. Yeah. And so I thought, well, you know, I, it's the only thing I've ever really wanted to do. Um, well, other than when I was a kid, I wanted to be Dick Van Dyke. That was very much. I very much wanted to be Dick. I wanted to be in that room with Maury and oh. Rosemary. I didn't want to yeah. be her though. I didn't want to be her because you know she had to type and well, Sally's life. Silly bird. Oh, Sally. That's what it was. Yeah. Sally's Sally. life right. was a sad, sad kind of life. It too. was. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. But, but anyway, I, I just decided in when Ted and I got married that maybe I'd give it another shot, and um, I was able to get it in my local my my bigger local daily paper it had been only in the alternative weeklies before that and when my daily paper picked it up as a as a once a week thing feature so they put it on sundays in a separate section from the funnies um my newspaper was one of the more well-known independent newspapers in the uh, independently owned newspapers in the country and so that kind of visibility um, helped with the syndicates at that point, you know, gave me some legitimacy, uh, beyond what I'd had before. Um, and, uh, my local paper ran me for five years. So I got syndicated. It was really a gift because it also got me, if you, you know, if you don't have a deadline, you don't do anything. I, I'm, I, we're, humans are lazy and, you know, uh, <laughs> take the path of least resistance. So I, I think with all, everything that was going on in my life, raising kids still working full time. If I hadn't had that weekly deadline, I would never have done new material. So I really credit the newspaper and for giving me the spot. And that would be one of my biggest pieces of advice to anybody who's trying to make something happen is you have to come up with deadlines one way Mm -hmm. or another. Otherwise you'll be a person who talks about what you're going to do someday forever. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, so then it was five years of writing to, at that point, I knew I only wanted to be with Universal because they were much more modern and fair in their contracts. They were known for that. And mm-hmm. um, I just felt like it was a place I would fit better. And <clears throat> I just kept writing to Lee every six months with new work and, and finally wore them down, I guess. <laughs> so. 
But yes, I've, well, I've done everything on my resume. My gosh, I've driven bookmobiles and sold cars and you name it. I've probably done it. You sold cars. I did sell cars for eight <laughs> months. Yeah. Yep. Oh my gosh. Were you good at it? I was good at it and I sold luxury cars. So it wasn't, oh, it wasn't wow. too terrible. Yeah. You get to drive some cool cars. Yeah. They gave us a car to drive. Yeah. <laughs> Back in, I, was, I sold Acuras and I got a little Acura to drive. My daughter oh, was yeah, in high school cars. at the time was thrilled. She thought this was great. Yeah. yeah. Those are great. Yeah. Cars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's pretty cool. Well, you know, I think one of the things that, that, that if I can impart some knowledge to or some ideas some thoughts anyway to my students i hesitate to say knowledge but um to any of my students who might be listening to this and they don't listen to this like kids listening to their parents you know they don't <laughs> listen to this but um you know it's that that idea of 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 a support system is really really important and the other thing that you're saying is deadlines and, mm-hmm. and i always you know to, when i'm in class i'm always telling these guys you know the deadlines if you if you don't have your work on to, you know I'm your teacher. Okay. You come to me and say you couldn't get to the work this week. I, I, you know, I can understand whatever, but if you were ever to go to somebody in the professional world and say, geez, you know, I, I just, I had a cold and I didn't feel so well this week and I just yeah. didn't get this done. You know, that's it, pal. You're, you're done. The job you is are. not there anymore. Yeah, it's over. Find somebody else. I, you know, I was publishing a, a very brief time. A friend and I published a new, a little newspaper that alternative comics thing. And we did this in 2010 or so. And the last minute, you know, this one guy, uh, he was supposed to turn in his page. He didn't turn in his page on time. And the day came and went. And I was like, that's it, pal. You're done. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not going to bring you back for, for this. I can't. I can't mm-hmm. trust you. You know, and I think that that's a valid position and you have to be respectful of that. If you're... You do, you do. And I, I tried, I tried to tell uh, students that I talked with to think of a deadline as your friend. <laughs> as it your... is. The deadline okay. is your friend, because if you don't have a deadline, it means no one wants your work. Well, that's so true. You yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. That's so, so true. So if you have a deadline, it means someone wants what you're doing and that is well you're a very lucky person you know you're right it's true it does mean somebody wants what you're doing and and that's Mm -hmm. a really great way to look at it because Mm -hmm. instead of thinking of it as an obligation or a thing an anvil hanging over your head or an albatross (laughs) around your neck it's it's somebody wants your work right that hey you just don't that's something you don't you take lightly because right Right. we're all looking for that we're all looking for somebody to want our work i mean gosh Exactly. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that's that's the best place to be. With somebody it, is, it is. It is. So, <laughs> boy, oh boy, Jan, uh, this has been terrific. It's been a wonderful discussion, and uh, I've really enjoyed talking with you all day here. It's been. Great. I have really enjoyed it too, Jeff. Thank you so much. Well, thank I'm so you. So honored. Oh, hey, come on. Your stuff is great. I love your strip. And you. and I really, really mean that. I really enjoy it. I just, I just, I find it so easy to slip into the stone soup world and, and the characters resonate as real people and l- people that I, I love, you know, and, and it's not easy just to fall into a comic strip and love the characters, but I do. And, uh, wow. And it's a great strip. And, and look, you know, you're not doing the dailies anymore, but there's years of dailies to go back and read and enjoy. And they're all there uh, to read on Go Comics and there oh, are yeah, collections. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. 
you know, for people who are interested in stone soup, you know, you can read it there, subscribe to it there, but you can also, you know, check out on Amazon. There are a bunch of collections you can yes, pick up. Yes, there are. There are. Yeah. So, you know, there's, that's, a, there's 11 altogether. Yeah. 11 collections altogether. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, yeah. it's yeah. great. And it's a family story. It's a family saga in the, in the same way that yeah. for better or worse, but it doesn't, it's not um, dramatic in the sense that for better or for worse has its its drama and uh, that qual- that part of it it's it's more along the lines of of the humorous side of it and uh, I, if, yeah i i uh i hoped to be somewhere in between yeah now th- now these are two great people i cannot compare myself to but if i could be between for better or for worse and calvin and Hobbes, that would be uh-huh. like such a perfect place you know to have a little more of the humor but it's you know but yeah. it's a fam it's a fam modern family saga and uh but a little more goofy well it, you know and i think you've hit that sweet spot right right in between so i think that's you've you've accomplished your task thank in, you in that sense yeah i love it i'm i'm a thank big fan so and i you know i i do hope you continue to do the sundays for you know uh, in perpetuity but, uh, but then on the other hand you know you can only do so much you've given it's been 25 years in syndication. 25 years it's yeah right, 25 right. years this year so mm-hmm. that's that is a big milestone congratulations on thank that. you so much yes november 19th I november the 25 year mark yeah November nineteenth. Wow, that's a special day for me. When, when really? I was ten years old, yeah, November. Not the the specific year, but November nineteenth. My family moved from one neighborhood to another neighborhood, and so it was the end of. And it was in nineteen seventy, and so it was the end of the sixties and the beginning of the seventies. So very distinct periods in my life. Uh, so November nineteenth, that day is always stuck with me. <laughs> now I have a nice. second reason for. There you go. Keeping it in mind. <laughs> Stone soup debut. <laughs> that day. So. Well, Jan, well, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank and, you so much. Uh, this has been a terrific interview. It's just been so enjoyable. And, thank uh, you. I think so, too. Thank you so much. It's just thank been you wonderful. Too. Well, that'll do it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed our interview with Jan Elliott. She is a terrific cartoonist, great guest, and it was a joy to have her on the show. And I hope you'll run out and check out Stone Soup online at gocomics.com, or hopefully in your local paper. And if not there, check out any number of the wonderful collections of Stone Soup that are available through Amazon or through your local independent bookstore. They all need your support these days more than ever. Next up, we've got John Rose of Barney Google and Snuffy Smith. And in Snuffy's own words, it is a bodacious interview. And I think you're going to enjoy that. There's lots to be learned and lots to gain from talking to John Rose. He's a terrific guest and an enjoyable friend. And, and I think you're going to you're gonna like it a lot. So uh, look forward to that. Check me out on Instagram, Grogan Jeff, G-R-O-G-A-N-G-E-O-F-F. I spelled it right that time. Wow. Uh, At Grogan Jeff, okay? I post whatever I post whenever I post it. So uh, follow me there, okay? And hey, if you're inclined to do more than that and you want to support this podcast and uh, all of my upcoming projects, I'm working on two different films and a number of different things. You can go to Patreon, that's patreon.com slash Jeff Grogan, and whatever you want to throw my way (laughs) to support this podcast and all of my endeavors is greatly appreciated. And hey, it's okay if you, you know, you can't support it, that's cool too, because uh, I'm, hey man, I'm, I'm there. 
I, I understand you can't throw money away these days, but uh, you can support the podcast in other ways by sharing it on Facebook and sharing it everywhere on social media. And every now and again, write a review uh, for the podcast or give it five stars uh, over at uh, wherever the heck it is, Apple Podcasts, that you rate these things. Okay, that's a big support, too. Uh, I hope you're all well. I hope you are healthy and happy and safe. And hopefully, you know, the restrictions are being relaxed a little. So we can go out and uh, and enjoy the fresh air and the world once more, albeit safely. Okay. And uh, in the meantime, wear your mask, practice social distancing, be well, be happy, be safe. And thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.